Music can be a bridge across time with our grandchildren. Are you the grandparent who digs out your oldies and tries to win converts? Or are you the one who likes dancing to music that's a little too new and the result looks like clothes that don't fit right? Well, what if you used a kind of music that isn't rooted in time, but instead in place? I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we talk about immersive performance art, music and more, that can serve a multi-generational purpose. The ideas here come from an artist who has shaped his life and career around music that creates community. His name is Murray Hiddery, and here is an example of his music. Thank you so much for joining us on The Grand Life. Thanks for having me, Mike and Emily. It's great to be here. What you do is uh, is amazing, and it covers a pretty broad range of, of applications and benefits. If you could maybe kind of start us out uh, introducing the art that you produce, and then let's kind of move into how that applies to grandparenthood. So I created an experience called Mind Travel, and as a composer and pianist, I am interested in creating a sense of wonder uh, to transport people through music. And I bring together these elements of music, of course, all original music that I create, uh, together with nature. Typically, they're in beautiful nature settings, whether it's, you know, a, a beautiful beach or park. And then the final ingredient is community and really bringing people together uh, through music. So this musical experience, which is multisensory, if you're in a, if you're in an epic place and you're smelling the smells and you're hearing sounds not just of your music but of the environment that you're in, that's a pretty transcendent kind of thing. Yeah, and you get to have the benefits of all these uh, different sensory inputs, as you mentioned. So uh, nature by herself uh, is incredibly healing. Uh, you know, we all turn to nature when we're you know, looking for an escape, looking for a stress reset, uh, looking for some clarity, uh, going for a walk on the beach, going for a walk in the mountains, or just a walk around your neighborhood is incredibly healing and helpful. Uh, then you pair that with music, which of course we take in through um, our sense of hearing, but it is way more than that, right? It is really the language of emotion. Uh, we you know, experience music on a very somatic level, our whole body experiences music. You know, if you've ever gotten for anyone who's ever felt goosebumps while listening to a, a song or a piece of music, right? It's like your whole body is in the listening, uh, and your heart is able to open and you can feel so much more. Uh, so yeah, to your to your point, there's so much, um, so much benefit happening through all the senses. And of course, the visual of just seeing so many people um, going through an experience, Mike, together, yet still individually, you know, right. that's what that I find thing to be which, so powerful. 
that thing which we all missed so much of during the pandemic, right? Yeah, the Absol- togetherness. Ab- yeah, abs- absolutely. And you know, when when the pandemic um, first hit, of course, my you know my business, my traveling and touring with concerts, in person concerts, came to a screeching halt, mm-hmm. um, like so many other you know musicians. And I had to reinvent, and and I said, okay, well, you know, everyone's trying to figure out this virtual thing. Let me see what it means for me and for mind travel. And uh, from you know my own living room during the early days of lockdown and quarantine, uh, I figured out how to create a concert from my living room to yours. And we started doing that, and hundreds and hundreds of people would tune in from all over the world, and they became so powerful and so effective that we've continued them now years later. And so once a month we get together and people can tune in from the comfort of their couch, from their living room. And from my, you know, Steinway piano here in my living room, I get to share music, share ideas, share conversation. And, uh, and it's a great way to stay connected to that sensibility of really having kind of a purpose-driven, you know, life to really live deliberately, as Socrates said, you know, to really be thoughtful about um, how we're making choices, to really be mindful of the emotions that we're going through and to really connect with that. experience that is very powerful that gets people out, which is uh, a virtual walking experience. And, you know, one of the best things for anyone of any age is walking. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so healthy from a physical standpoint. It's like one of the healthiest things we can do. And it's extremely healthy from an emotional standpoint. Uh, you know, there's these uh, chemicals that get released uh, in the brain, in the body, uh, called endocannabinoids. Uh, and if you recognize the part of that word, cannabis, yes, it's the same <laughs> chemicals that that um, so that that marijuana releases without having to actually take marijuana. The body <laughs> creates its own version of this. That's amazing. Um, and but it only happens when we actually engage in movement and exercise, and this this can, connects with our dopamine sensors uh, and releases incredible chemicals into the body that make us feel really good. Uh, so that's the purpose of this walking music experience, like a walking meditation. And people from all over the country come in together and it's virtual. So you can do it anywhere you are in the world. And then I guide that experience with poetry and narrative and music. Uh, and it's way better than walking on your own, which is also great. But yeah. now you're walking, you know, yes, by yourself physically, but with others in community. So it's different than listening, just thinking, oh, I'm just put some music on from Spotify. This is something where you're doing it with a bunch of other people connected in, while in real you're time. walking in real time. Is that right? In in real time. That's right. Yes, that. we can all certainly, you know, tune in to Spotify. And yes, I have my music on Spotify and like so many others. And, and that's great. Um, but what about being able to be in community? Uh, it's so powerful. Just knowing yeah. That there's people from dozens of cities all joining together kind of creates this in- incredible feeling of connection. Uh, so that, that's that's really the purpose of it. And we do that every month. And uh, it's just wonderful to be in that connection with others. 
So let's talk about how this applies to the world of intentional grandparenting. Maybe you could share with us some um, of some of your own experiences with your grandparents, and then also some experiences you've had at concerts with grandparents. You know, I, I, some of the earliest memories of my own grandmother uh, was her constantly asking me to play the piano whenever she would visit. And um, in, in particular, her favorite was uh, the song Memory from Cats, if you remember that. that <laughs> sure. Do, famous I song. So I, All I, alone I, in I the might moonlight. have played that song about a thousand times for my grandmother <laughs> when I was a kid. I was probably nine years old or 12 years old, and I would always, you know, kind of roll my eyes. And, but then I'd play it, and it would make her so happy. Um, and, and, you know, one of, the, one of the last memories I have of my grandmother um, was her at a, uh, at a family function. It was a wedding of a cousin of mine. And there was a piano in the, in the lobby of, uh, of the temple, and she asked me if I would just, you know, go over there with her and, and play it. And by that point, her hearing was really impaired. Uh, and so she took a chair and we put it next to the piano and she sat next to the piano with her ear pressed up against the wood of the piano. I mean, I'm getting emotional just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. And it's like, she, and that's how she can hear the music, the vibration of the piano. Wow. And um, that, that's probably one of my last, um, you know, real memories uh, with her. Wow. And um, she was just so, so wonderful. But, uh, and then cut to experiences I have with uh, grandparents all over the world. Uh, you know, when I do in-person concerts, uh, every age shows up. Um, families with little kids uh, show up because I do these concerts when if they're out on the beach, you know, with everyone in the audience wearing headphones. Wow. Uh, and that's how they hear the piano. Because otherwise, how would you hear a piano at, the, you know, at yeah. the beach with yeah. all that noise of the ocean and Makes wind, sense. right? Uh, and so it's very intimate, very acoustically intimate. And so for kids, it's great because they're not stuck in a chair, you know, right. sitting there forced. No kid wants to do that. They get to run <laughs> around the beach um, and have fun. And meanwhile, the parents and the grandparents are in their beach chairs or on their blankets and, and enjoying the view and enjoying the music. Oh, um, so that. it's very family friendly and uh, multiple generations come. And I th can think of several examples of people that came over to me afterwards to say hello. Um, there was actually one, one family that came. There was, it was actually four generations that came to the beach together. So there was the, the great-grandfather who was 100, and then there were three additional generations from wow. him. And he, he personally said to me, he said, I heard the soundtrack of my life in your music. And you could, can imagine his experience, right? The music, which from, again, from a brain point of view, it uh, taps into those memory centers in such a profound way. Yeah. And I, I would say even specifically the music that I create, uh, which is all improvised, which is this musical journey that I take people through, it does kind of trigger that kind of sense of a cinematic moment, if you will. Mm -hmm. And suddenly your whole 
memory bank. You, it becomes accessible and you start to experience your own life and your own stories and your own experiences, right? As your own personal movie with this personal soundtrack that's playing. That's um, amazing. And so I could just imagine his experience of thinking about his, his own life of how many rich experiences at that age, you know, he must've had, and then witnessing, seeing, right. His offspring, right. His progeny yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, and just how emotional and how spiritually connecting that must've been. Uh, and there's so many examples like that, you know, wow. of families in different countries and, uh, in different cities, uh, coming together to have this musical experience together as a family. That must be so fulfilling for you as an artist to to get that feedback, that feeling that you're doing something really connected, helping other people in, in that way. Because improvised music doesn't come from nowhere, right? It, it's not yeah. like any of us could sit down at an instrument, even ones that we knew how to play well, and improvise for, you said, as much as an hour at a time. That's right. and, and end up with a result that someone could see reflecting their life experience, which exceeds yours by, you know, probably yeah. double the Gen number yeah, of years. years. So yeah. where's this coming from? Where is your ability to improvise in a meaningful way for an hour at a time? Where does that come from? You know, Mike, uh, for me, music has always been um, my companion. It's like been a constant companion my whole life since I was a little kid. And, you know, where words kind of left off, music picked up, right? And we even say that, like, we, we don't have the words for something, right. you know, music can can express what is ineffable, what we just don't have or can't find the words for. Um, and so I would always sit at the piano, starting at a young age, and I would just sit and play whatever I felt, uh, whether it was, you know, just some stress from school or uh, or bigger life moments. Eventually, it was my companion through the most difficult and challenging time of my life, uh, which was uh, working through the grief uh, from the death of my little sister. She was 23. Um, uh. I'm, 12, I'm 12 years older than her. Uh, and so it was a profoundly difficult situation. It was an accident, so it happened suddenly. I was actually with her and witnessed uh. it, so there was the added uh. trauma of seeing it. Mm. Uh, so it was very heavy, very intense. And, uh, you know, I had support of family and friends, uh, of course, um, but that is necessary, but not sufficient. You know, you have to do your own work. You have to mm -hmm. dig in deep and, and confront that pain if, if you have any chance of getting through that. I think that's something that we can each relate to each in our own way, right? Everyone uh, will go through grief. You cannot escape the experience of life without experiencing grief. It's just in the natural way things are. And so then the question is not if you're going to experience it, but how you're going to experience it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, music is what I knew. And so I turned to music and I saw how powerfully it provided uh, a form of expression for that um, inexpressible pain. Mm. And it was really on the heels of that, that I decided to do what I do publicly, where mind travel was born. Um, and now when I travel around, people will come up to me, they may not even know my own personal story, but they share their grief with me. Wow. Um, because it's all in the music, you know, my details may not be may not be in there. Um, um, like, 
you know, specifically, but they're there, sure. right? They're there generally. And I think one thing I've realized in doing this literally for hundreds of thousands of people at this point over the years, uh, in multiple countries, multiple cities, multiple religious backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, ages, etc., is that we all have the same human story. Yeah. And we may each have our own, you know, different details, um, but we each have the same arc of a story. And that's what's in the music. And at least that's what I aspire to, to, to have in the music. Yeah. So that when you're listening, the music meets you where you are, right, wherever you're at, and you can place your own details into it. You know, Emily, it's like going to a museum and, and, um, and looking at abstract art. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and there's something powerful about that, right? Because, uh, okay, you may not know exactly what the artist was thinking mm -hmm. um, or experiencing, but, but something's being communicated and you can place your own details into it because the artist leaves that room for you to put your own um, uh, details in. And same way with this, this music has an abstractness to it in the sense that I'm not singing lyrics that, you know, are, are saying a specific thing. Mm -hmm. I'm opening a space for you to place kind of your own thoughts, emotions into yeah. um, and, and let the music absorb it yeah. so that we're not carrying that burden. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Murray, I'm curious, maybe you can talk a little bit about something that I've noticed on your website called radical responsibility. Like mm -hmm. it kind of feeds into what you're talking about. Maybe you could just talk about that for a minute. You know, if I, if I look at all the lessons I've learned in life, you know, it all comes down to the times I've experienced struggle um, have been when I've pointed the finger towards someone else or hmm. something else, right? And like, look, look what happened. Look how, you know, I'm, I'm struggling now. I'm suffering now. It's causing me pain uh, versus, okay, there's a situation, there's a circumstance, um, but it's my responsibility to get myself out of it, no matter what the cause, right? Yeah. And anytime I've been able to kind of point that finger back and say, okay, I'm going to lift myself up and move forward. It's only up to me to do that. Um, only good things have come from that choice, right? Yeah. It's easy to blame someone else or something else. And even if we might think that's really true, it's not gonna help us in our current condition. And so if we're able to just say, okay, I accept the way things are, and now what am I gonna do to move forward? right? What is the solution? And to really empower ourselves in that way. And I find for me and, and for so many others that have shared with me that the music kind of can be that inspiration to find that strength uh, from within and to take responsibility of, of whatever's happening and to find a solution and move forward. Yeah, I really like that. I, you know, I think it's easy to have a victim mentality and, and it doesn't really do you any good. And I don't exactly. think it really leads to any kind of a happy place. I know that we've talked to uh, talked to experts about estrangement with grandparents. Yeah. We've talked about very sad situations with grandparents, grandparents who weren't allowed to be in the room when their uh, yeah. child had a baby or other things mm -hmm. that really are hard for them. But mm -hmm. it sounds like taking responsibility, not spending all your time blaming your adult children or different kinds of things that are happening, but just kind of taking yeah. it on yourself and recognizing it's your job 
and and you help with that with your music. That, that's right, and and uh, you know I I can think of um, examples of people I know where exactly what you're saying has mm-hmm. played out. Um, you, you know, even further. I mean, even you know on 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 the deathbed. I mean, it's yeah. like the the grand the grandchild you know won't won't even show up. Or I mean, it's just just heartbreaking conditions. You know, yes. and um, and you know one thing I've learned is that you know people are where they are, but it it doesn't mean you can't still love them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, we can't change people, but we can love them for the way they are. And I think the definition, at least for me, of true love is loving someone for the way they are and for the way they aren't, right? For uh-huh. the way we wish them to be, right? Yeah. How, yeah. how many times do we like, oh, I, I wish my mother this, or I wish my child this, or, you know, we all want people to conform to our, you know, view of the world and, yeah. and to our, you know, but it doesn't work that way. And right. the question is, yes, it's easy to love someone when they're loving you exactly how you want to be loved and when they're behaving exactly the way you want them to behave, but can you love them, right, when they're not, Yeah. right? And um, that's really challenging. Um, but to me, that's that's true love. Is it going? Is extending kind of across the aisle, so to speak, you know, and really, and and really embracing and seeing such a bigger picture. You know, one of the benefits of of age um, really is kind of this thirty five thousand you know foot view, right? You just see life right from such a bigger vantage point because you've just been through so much, and you see the bigger patterns, the bigger picture, and the little things start to matter less in some way. And of course, the right little things matter more. So it becomes the situation where you can take the high road because you just see the patterns of life, how they play out. And we don't have to sit in the pettiness, right? Where we might have done that when we were younger because it was all about being right, right? (laughs) Now, of course, some people... Stay that way even when they're 90. (laughs) Yeah, they they bring that into yeah. into every age, and 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 of course that that happens. But but if we can remember right this bigger picture, yeah. and to put the pettiness aside, and to say, look, it's not about being right, right? It's like mm-hmm. I just want to be in connection, in love, right, with others and Absolutely. everything, and and what's really important, and it, and those are choices. Um, yeah. I'm, my, it's my hope that music can trigger that in somebody. They still have to choose it, but I could set, I could at least set the right condition for their heart to open just a little bit more. Before our conversation comes to a close, I wanted to ask if you had any specific advice for grandparents who have uh, the benefit of music, the benefit of time and space, and maybe some outdoor experiences with, with their children. Obviously, attending an event like yours would be an, an ideal thing, but short of that, what else can grandparents do to, to take advantage of some of the truths that you're talking about as experienced through music? You know, finding a way to connect across generation um, is so powerful. Sometimes it's hard, right, through just conversation because uh, the words are even different, right, that the young, younger generations sure. use. And yeah. the music's so different and the clothes, is so, like, everything is so different. Yeah. And so it's not about relating in a way that's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, wear what you wear or use the words that you use because that also doesn't necessarily come off as authentic. Right. <laughs> so it's about how do you create a shared moment? Right, mm-hmm. that that both um, can can really engage in, and when I see 
um, these families using uh, the mind travel music in this way, uh, so much opens up. There's an experience I specifically created for this, Mike, which is actually a, a kid's drawing um, meditation with music. Really? So, so now the grandparent or parent can download it right from the website. It's actually free because we just wanted families to use this. And so uh, you put the recording on and the child, again, this would be for younger children, of course, but the, the, a younger child, whether it's six, seven, nine, ten 10 years old, can draw and we give them the templates to draw into so they, they can find a drawing meditation, the music's playing, and everyone's having this shared experience through an activity, right? Mm. Activities bring people together without the pressure of what am I going to say? What are we going to talk about, right? And sometimes talking, yes, can bring you closer, but, but it's not necessary. You can have a shared experience without sharing words and feel even closer. Yeah, we're going to try that. We'll, we'll have to try that with our grandchildren. It, that sounds like a lot of fun. And, and listeners can look in the show notes for the links to these. Uh, some of these resources that we'll we'll have there for you. Yeah, and I know you know you said it's like five to twelve years old, but but I think we could sit down and do it with them. Oh my gosh, I do it all the time do with you? my nephews and nieces. I I, I love it. That's I absolutely awesome. love it. That's Great. awesome. Mary Hittery, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for being on the Grand Life Podcast. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Emily. The experiences that Murray Hittery provides as part of his life as an artist has to be glorious. I mean, imagine improvising the music to match up with a coming summer storm or the incoming tide. Sometimes live music in an outdoor concert venue can take us part of the way there. We've had some examples of that as a family. Not far from where we live, there's an outdoor symphony concert series every summer, and on July 4th, it combines cannon fire and the 1812 overture and fireworks, all stuff that you can hear with your ears and feel in your chest. Not to mention all the good food that we have while we're there, which is amazing. Multi-sensory. It's multi-sensory mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, there's also like outdoor rock concerts where everyone's in the same groove and everyone knows the music and everyone has a good time together. And I mean, you can't get much more community than that, right? Yeah. Sometimes people talk about concert experiences like that as going to church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is its, its own form of worship, I think, which yep. is, I think, what Murray was talking about. You know, in terms of genres, what Murray is doing basically is classical piano, but you know, you can hear from the example that we played that it's not rooted in a period so much as it is in a mood. Yeah. So if there's a way that this possibly speaks to you and it moves you, don't be afraid to show this side of yourself to your adult children and your grandchildren. It's a way of helping them experience you and your experience of the moment and of the music. And you know, they might use you as an example to help kind of find their way into the same place. Yeah, it's a share, it can become a shared experience and a shared love and all of those things. So, I mean, that's a fantastic way to use music. You know, if you've had moments like these and would like to share them with us, it would be wonderful if you did. And you can post a comment on Facebook at the Grand Life Podcast or at the Grand Life Podcast Fans. Or you can drop us an email at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. Meanwhile, 
I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. One component of affectionate communication is called love and esteem. And really what it is, is telling your grandchildren, I love you, I miss you, I'm proud of you, you are special to me, and I love spending time with you. It's like those five things. That's next time on The Grand Life.